What's up, fight fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Tuesday, January 14th, 2020, and after a long absence, it is fight week. This week's episode, The Notorious and the Cowboy. What's up, guys? My name is Gabriel. You can find me on social media at Double G on TV. And I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. Did you know that today's episode is brought to you by Budweiser and Proper 12? Oh, my gosh. I might have heard about that. <laughs> I, I may be in Vegas. I may have checked the liquor cabinet to see if the... Cowboy, you know the Budweiser cans have cowboy on them. Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta get one, dude. I I looked, I looked like two places. They did not have them, <laughs> so I don't know if it's closer to the T-Mobile or not. But that is something I will be bringing back to California. Is some of those exclusive cans. You absolutely have to, and uh, drink drink five and save 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 the sixth one for your. Uh, <laughs> I got you. I'll bring, hey, I'll bring you a case. You know, we will okay. hang out for the Super Bowl or something. All right, but no, um, Natalie, uh, I will say this, you know, everyone is talking about it, the fight week, the energy, obviously, we're going to spend a lot of this week's episode talking about, um, you know, Connor and Cowboy and all the good stuff going on. Does it feel like a big fight week? That's the biggest thing. Usually when it's Connor, you got the world tour, you got XYZ. It does feel subdued, if I'm being quite honest. What about you? Yeah, it, it totally does. But for me, I'm kind of living in a real in a weird time warp right now with the with my little my little boy. So I thought it was just that. But just looking online and stuff and and yeah, the embeddeds are out, two episodes and the countdowns out, but yeah, it's definitely more subdued and that's all I I think it has to do with two things. Conor McGregor is this different mindset. He's refocused, he's excited but sort of has left the trash talking in the past because or to the side, I should say, because Cowboy Cerrone is someone he respects, and I think he knows that he's not going to get anything out of trash-talking Cowboy. So these are just two two studs that just want to fight, and they're they, they're both aware of that, and so that's how that's how they're playing it. Very cool. You know, uh, I definitely get you know, that. I do think that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the cold is it. You know, it's actually a couple more degrees colder in Vegas than California. Ironically, so I'm feeling that my body adjusts. If you ask me for my money, I honestly believe that Connor at times let himself get a little distracted playing the hype game and doing the world tours and all that. Now, let's be honest. That's what made him a million dollars of cash and all this stuff is he could galvanize the fan base and. You know, you gave him the wood. He was the match that was able to light the fire. That's how he got the job done. And obviously, he's still riding those coattails. That being said, I think Connor, the fighter, kind of, that's a big monster to control, right? All that, the machine. I think that Connor, the fighter, maybe struggled a bit with it. And that's why he's playing it chill. They're doing the press conference. He acknowledges he's still got to give people the notorious. But Connor, the fighter, needs a victory. And so rather than distract himself over the holidays already with everything going on and, you know, getting out there and building it, stay focused and fight. And maybe that's why, you know, we don't have the, you know, the big bang to create our universe that got, you know, that revolved around the notorious in the UFC. So I think that's part of it. 
And yeah, you know, I mean, if he doesn't win this fight, this whole you know twenty twenty season that he's planning for himself looks a lot different, right? Uh, so uh, go ahead. No, no, that's it. I mean, you're right. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and, and also you know I think that's part of it. The fans haven't seen the Conor McGregor fans haven't tasted victory in a minute, right? That's the whole thing. Like uh, unless you count his proper twelve, which you know if you love it, by all means enjoy, drink up. But you know in terms of yeah. You know, it's been a minute. And I do think that at the end of the day, that is going to happen to anybody. It happened a bit with Manny Pacquiao. Um, other guys who have had struggle like that, hit a few losses. Suddenly, yes, it's the same guy and they could still fight. But galvanizing those numbers and big pay-per-views maybe doesn't always happen. And I do think Connor, respectfully, he, fans might be on the bubble. Fans might be like, you know, I don't know if, you know, as many people are down to just hit the buy button on their ESPN Plus. And I do think he needs, you know, fans want to see the best fighting again. And maybe they feel like Conor just may not be that guy after everything in 2020 that he needs to prove it again and get in that other big fight. Not that Cowboy isn't exciting, but I do think the the level of casual fan the non-MMA watching fan needs to be convinced again. And that's how you're going to get those astronomical numbers. The fans, us who digest this every week, we know who he is still. And we know the effect he has. But the casual fan, maybe that's what's missing. And maybe that's why the buzz is less. Yeah, I think if he wins and then creates some kind of juicy soundbite his, in his Joe Rogan interview or at the post-fight press conference, that's going to get us the... Um, the fanfare and all the chaos that we expect for a McGregor fight in his next outing. And so, so yeah, the, those fans, they're not here yet. Yeah. But look, I mean, we're going to find out. Obviously, Saturday is going to be the be-all, end-all. Does he win? Do the fans tune in, win or lose? All that stuff we'll be finding out, certainly. just We'll see the numbers. You'll see the effect. <clears throat> now, there is some other stuff going on in the MMA world. Um, in terms of big fights, only one, but it was a very notable one. Rose Namajunas taking on Jessica Andrade. The rematch happening at UFC 249. They will be on the main card of <clears throat> that one fight that we're waiting on, that everyone's excited <laughs> about. They're going to be on that card with that fight. Yep. yep, that fight. You know which fight, Natalie? I, I think I do. Yep, I think Should I, I do. say it? Nope. Just to make sure we're on the same page? Nope, don't do it. <laughs> it's like saying Beetlejuice. That yeah. whole movie could have been avoided if they just followed the rules. <laughs> no, but, um, okay, Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas. Jessica, first fight since, I believe it was September. Sorry, August when she lost the title to Weili Zhang in China. And um, obviously more months for Rose. She hasn't fought since about May when she lost the title to Jessica. And everyone remembers that fight. She was doing well until she wasn't. She was doing great until she wasn't. Um, let's talk about it. Rose obviously was coming off two wins over Joanna. She had gotten to the title shot, beat um, Paige, beat uh, Michelle Watterson, all this stuff. Jessica, we know what she brings. Perennial contender. Broken a lot of other girls in the strawweight division. So this is still a big fight. But I do want to ask you, what are your thoughts on the rem? What are your thoughts on just? It happens almost so recently. It almost feels like an immediate rematch. What do you think about the timing for them not fighting someone else before running it back? Yeah, I was actually surprised by this 
one, you know, I didn't know when we'd see Nami Yunus again. So almost a year, not, not too bad. She needed, or she wanted time to just reset, step away from all the activity of training for fights and having to fight the same person twice and have to, you know, defend the belt. I was surprised though, but it kind of makes sense when you look at the landscape, like they're still at the very top. We need, you know, we need some more opponents for Wei Li Zhang and, uh, you know, you want some names to do it. And so whoever shakes out from here will probably fight her next after what she's fighting, Chukagian. Is that correct? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Waylee's fighting Ioana. I'm sorry, Ioana. Yeah. She's fighting Chukagian. Oh, Shevchenko. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Wrong way class. But yeah, so she's fighting Ioana. So they want to, I think they want to just line up the opponent, the next opponent after that for Waylee Zhang because, again, like we talked about last week, like the potential with her and the market in Asia is so huge that. They're they're really looking at, looking ahead with uh, with this champ. So I was surprised, but it makes sense. If I'm Nami Yunus, damn, I mean, getting getting knocked out by a body slam like on your head, that's pretty vicious. It's traumatizing. But she wouldn't come back if she wasn't ready, hundred percent, because she doesn't have the belt, so there's no pressure to defend. And so I believe she's in a good place. And for that reason, I'm excited to see this fight. You know, I gotta say that that's she's a champion, and Robert Whitaker's another one. Um, they've kind of admitted after the fact that it's you know it was a little stressful for me as a person and my personality to have everybody like, when's the next fight? You're the champ. When's the next fight? You're the champ. Which, <clears throat> admittedly, our job we contributed to it. But um, Rose admitted that. I will say it's a little weird. You know, she's kind of in that Frankie Edgar situation. Back-to-back rematches with the same person to Joanna. This is now going to be to Jessica. A long time in between both, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a little, you know, different. That being said, I find it very perplexing because if you're Jessica, this is almost a, you know, I feel like it's a very lateral move because you've lost to Wei Li, you've lost to Joanna. Rose is the one with everything to gain to prove that, you know, she's the one who would have gotten the job done and, you know, she made the tactical error, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a loss, but Rose is the one with the upside to gain in this one. Not that a win over her isn't big for Jessica, but, you know, it, it almost feels like a lateral move either way. Now, respectfully, what else is going on at strawweight? Je- um, Michelle Watterson's coming off the loss to Joanna. Tatiana Suarez is still, looks like she's recuperating, looks like she's really taking her time, which is a good thing. You know, by all means, we want to see the best Tatiana Suarez out there. But when you talk about, okay, elite strawweights, uh, you know, for both Rose and Jessica, is there really somebody else? I would say no. So I do think that in terms of the rankings, like you said, building a title shot for a Ro- for Wei Li, which I think a lot of people... It's safe to say the UFC is hoping for that to continue that push, right? Build your new star that, you know, you could try to see if they could become pay-per-view, just headliner material. It's clear that that's the plan. And obviously, you know, let's say Whaley gets by Joanna, a fight with a Rose Namunas is another great fight that you could build her up with. So I get it, but I will also admit that it's a very big upside for Rose more than Jessica. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair enough. And, and, you know, the UFC probably, or not probably, would definitely prefer Dami Yunus to win. She's just uh, more marketable in the U.S. and already, you know, two-time 
well, one-time champ. She won it and then defended it. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, the the UFC's perspective is clear here. And um, Andrade probably just wanted to fight again and didn't really care who at this point. No, I'm with it. And mind you, like, by all means, go out there and secure the bag. We've talked about this many times. If the fight's out there and you're going to be waiting forever, do what you got to do to get paid. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, so that one will be happening in April on the main card of uh, <clears throat> that event. But, you know, so a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, I, I got to ask you, like, does the Conor McGregor thing, in your opinion, does it kind of overshadow Chris Cyborg's Bellator debut next week? Because it's like, I feel like almost, you feel like the <clears throat> the tension should build up to the big one, right? I almost feel like we're not seeing it because we almost are like on a wave waiting for Connor that it almost feels like the cyborg debut is too far away. What about you? Yeah, it, it, um, I didn't forget, but it's kind of just like on the back burner in my mind as far as excitement goes, because yeah, for me, the Connor one is way more thrilling. Um, I mean, he's the main, he's still the biggest star in MMA. And so, you know, Chris Cyborg is one of the biggest names in female MMA, but, you know, come on, respectfully, as you say, cannot compete with Conor McGregor level. That being said, I'm still super excited to see her debut at Bellator, but there's time, you know, Conor's going to, Conor and Cerrone will fight, and then there'll be a whole week dedicated to, to, to that card and to Chris Cyborg. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah, because, like, I was there yesterday talking to her, and it was just, like, you know, respectfully, it felt like everybody um, was kind of like, yeah, we're talking to Cyborg, but everyone's already, you know, checking ways in their hotels to make sure they're good for Vegas this week. Yeah, and it was almost half, like... Half, one foot in, uh, in uh, South Bay, one foot in Vegas, right? Yeah. Exactly. So um, it was quite something. But she was very nice, and if you guys haven't seen it, check out Double G on TV. Um, check, check out my Twitter. I have the full interview there. If not, uh, Cage Side Press, YouTube. I think it's the latest video. Um, so my full convo with Cyborg. Very nice lady. Very focused and prepared. Um, that good stuff is over there. But yeah, let's talk about UFC 246. Um, let's talk about the undercard a bit. So a lot of young talent. Sadiq Youssef on here. Um, some other fights on there. I think the big... You know, highlight of the prelims, Macy Barber taking on Roxanne Modafferi. This one we discussed when it was announced. It was, you know, the numbers, Roxanne's experience, Roxanne's age compared to Macy Barber. Then obviously there's the whole, you know, just veteran versus rookie. Macy, I believe, is still the youngest fighter on the roster. Then uh, Roxanne, she's been in the game for a long time. People saying this is strategic, that they want to use the Conor McGregor platform to really propel Macy Barber and be a, one of the new stars of the female division. Let's talk about the fight. How do you see this one going down between the Happy Warrior and the future? Damn, Macy Barber's just like, um, you know, she's like a snowplow, man. She's super aggressive, charging forward. And Roxanne Montefiore... She surprises me because she's still evolving. What does happen, I notice in her fights is, at least in the first round, you can see how she's evolved, how she's added a few new tricks to her to her game. But by if it goes to round three, by then she's sort of 
turns that part of her brain off and she gets a little slower and she gets a little more predictable and looks a little more like the old Roxanne. So her, but, but she doesn't have any quit in her. I'll give her that. And she's relentless when she's pursuing, you know, takedowns. So she does have an advantage with experience and, um, I really do with experience. So if she can avoid getting, you know, plowed down by Macy Barber at the offset, she might have a chance to wear Barber down, but I think this is kind of um, a gimme fight for, for Barber. Like, it's a, it's a good name to, to have a win over, and I think that's what the UFC is doing for her. Yeah, to me, um, when I'm breaking down this fight it, with Macy Barber, look, she's doing all the right things. She's getting out there. She's <laughs> being loud. She's making sure people know who she is and what she's doing. Everything you're supposed to do when you're trying to grow your brand, right? Perfect, well done, fighting well, getting finishes, getting knockouts, all that jazz. I'm trying to compare because in terms of the modern era, there haven't been too many, you know, baby-faced assassins. You know, we all know they start at 18, 19, taking the world by storm. Uh, Robbie Lawler was very young when he came into the game. GSP, not too old either. Uh, then you had Rory McDonald, guys like that. I feel like in terms of, okay... 20, you know, 2015, 2016 and onward, everybody's a well-rounded fighter, right? Um, we haven't seen too many. The only one I really think of is Michael McDonald, who, um, you know, he was another guy like 20 years old, just tore through the Bantamweight division, ran into Henan Barrow, and then, you know, up, up and down, never really was able to catch fire again. His body kind of betrayed him a little bit. And for Macy Barber, when I look at her, I'm just like, you know, you, you're kind of trying to figure out, well, are they about to be the next George St. Pierre? Or, you know, you kind of worry about these, you know, just like, well, the second she hits that competition, does she very bluntly still need seasoning as an adult martial artist to get to the elite level? I really don't know. I will say that when I look at the fight, Roxanne Modafferi gives up a lot in physicality and power to Macy. And that is two things, very bluntly, we've seen Roxanne struggle to overcome. I think that's why the win over, um, you know, sorry, but your sis, Antonina Shevchenko, was so impressive because that's exactly the kind of opponent that you remember walking through Roxanne Modafferi. Now... Macy, I don't want to go like tit for tat, well, who's stronger, who's more explosive, but a lot of the same weapons implemented differently. Powerful uh, athlete, but Macy isn't really about that beautiful Muay Thai, more gets in your face, uses those power in her hands, and, um, you know, just, or take you down and just use her physicality, break you down with some ground and pound. I think that's where Roxanne, you know, well prepared. I think you have a few less weapons coming your way. I think that if you're looking to use your jiu-jitsu, um, perfect time to use some offensive wrestling and some get some takedowns of your own. But once again, the power of Macy Barber. She, you know, Roxanne isn't about to turn into Henry Cejudo or Habib out there. She's been drilling takedown defense, um, scrambles, sweeps off the fence. You know, go for the uppercuts. Try to land those. You know, the dirty boxing game. I do see this really favoring her. And obviously, if she wins, suddenly you're asking, well, who is next? And you're talking about top 10 fighters, top 5 fighters, you know, trying to look at setting, you know, build a real road to Shevchenko, you know, big sister. 
So that, um, I think that's where we're at. It's certainly not an impossible fight for Roxanne, but you gotta literally, you know, don't mess around, go for the ground. Much easier said than done. But I'm gonna toss it to you first. Who do you see taking home the W? Yeah, I think I think we both are seeing this pretty pretty clearly, and uh, and with that out there, I'm gonna go with Macy Barber. You know, Roxanne, as we say, tricky in some ways, and but but not not um, fluid enough. Not not uh, I don't want to say special enough, but you know. She likes that extra pop that she needs, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, so for sure. And so, anyway, with with that in mind, I'm going to go Macy Barber for the win. With the win, that's not necessarily going to be a, a knockout or a TKO, but, you know, um, I might, you know, I might go play it safe here a little bit and just go decision. Uh, decision, uh, Macy Barber. Mm. But... Yeah, just because Roxanne's pretty tough, man. I, you know, I don't see her getting knocked out. Maybe TKO, but no, I'm gonna go with a decision, Macy Barber. Okay, okay. Uh, I got second round KO for Macy. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you know, the hand, the the punches are gonna land. I think very bluntly. Um, Roxanne, I think for Roxanne to win, she has to take more risks, and I think that just plays into Macy's game. I think at the end of the day, you got to get close to Macy to take her down. Macy's going to be ready. Macy's going to land, do the damage, get the job done. Um, ah, it's tough. I hate to say it just so bluntly, but it, that's just how I see this one. Yeah. But yeah, we'll find out. Like I said, a lot of fun stuff on the prelims, you know, more young talent. On the main card, I think the big highlight after the main event is going to go to Holly Holm taking on Raquel Pennington. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on in the Bantamweight division. And, you know, it's Amanda Nunes' world. We're all just living in it. This fight, both of them have fought Amanda. They have fought each other years ago. I was there, and um, it was a very close fight. Obviously, they've gone through a lot since then in their careers. Uh, how do you see this fight between Holly and Raquel? This is an interesting one. So, I've always stood by... Um, uh, contended, I should say, that, that Raquel Pennington won that first fight. And I always wondered what would have happened to Holly Holmes' career had she not gotten that decision, right? Because she won. And then maybe she had one more fight. It was very soon after that that she was fighting Ronda Rousey, right? It didn't take long. Yeah, she only fought one other person and then right there for and then, uh, right there, yeah, Ronda. And then, yeah, and then, you know, her record's very interesting, right? And more losses than wins, I think. Not not the not the best record, but she's still a huge name. She's still super likable. She's still very talented, and she has some um, impressive wins. But her last fight, you know, man, she got she got owned. You know, there's no other way to to put it. But and Raquel Pennington has looked really good, except when she fought Amanda Nunes. I really do say a lot of that had to do with the calf injury that she hadn't fully recovered from. You know, when she was in that accident. So I'm very curious to see how Raquel Pennington looks. Um, and I actually think she might have the edge here. And I won't necessarily say that that's my, my who I'm picking, but just as far as her skill set versus Holly's, you know, Holly to me is a little more predictable. 
and I will say she still is evolving. Um, but but there's not much room there. I think Raquel has much more room to grow, and so so I'm sort of leaning that way. But I'll, I want to hear what you have to say too. Um, for me, I feel like with this fight, um, I can't really add more to you know what we've seen than what you said. When I look at Raquel and versus Holly, I've always said when you have a really tenacious, gritty fighter like a Pen Raquel Pennington you tend to be able to overcome a more tactical fighter like Holly when they don't have that extra one-shot stopping power. That is kind of the be-all, end-all for a gritty fighter. It's like, yeah, you're tough and all that, but when these, you know, a lot of elite-level guys, right, when they connect, that's kind of why, you know, you got to be more than tough. Holly is never shown to have that one stop in the hands, all that stuff. So I always favor Raquel. That being said, this is obviously a very tough fight. Holly's got a lot of skills. I think stylistically they're looking to stand with each other. Um, Holly can defend on the ground. Holly does know wrestling. Um, is Raquel at a level where she can overcome that now years later? I don't know. That to me is the X factor. I think standing, it's a very winnable fight for Raquel Pennington. Just really come forward. I think by now, more than ever before... There's so much footage and so much you can really study from to improve on, not just for yourself, but how to fight Holly Holm. That I think that Raquel has that edge there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Raquel is coming off a victory. So confidence-wise, it's right there. Um, Holly, look, more, you know, arguably more than anybody else on the roster, she has done a good job of kind of just like wiping herself off after every loss and continues forward. That's why she's, you know... Gone up and down, got another title shot, fought the best girls, been that person that the UFC feels they could do. You know, if she was walking in there looking more vulnerable after these losses, you would argue that like, well, you know, we really shouldn't be putting Holly Holm in there. She's very commendable for the fact that mentally, she's just as tough as the woman who went in there to fight um, Misha Tate. You know, the Ronda fight is its all separate entity, but... She's still the same woman through the ups and downs, mentally, just as prepared, just as hungry, just as strong. I think that's very important because I think when you talk about, well, man, now where's she after the loss to Amanda? She's still in a good spot. So on paper, Holly, I think, still brings a little more finesse and more skills. In a fight, I think that Raquel just gets a little more in there and gets a few more of those important shots. Natalie Zamudio, who are you picking, though? Yeah, I kind of gave it away anyway. But, yeah, I'm going with Raquel Pennington. Uh, I think she will be more aggressive, more dynamic, uh, not afraid to, to mix it up, take it, take it you know, on the feet, take it down. And, yeah, Holly, Holly does have uh, strong wrestling. She has good, good defense. She's improved so much since she first started in the UFC. But I think Raquel Pennington is more well-rounded. However, I will point this out, and you tell me, if you've seen it, have you seen embedded episode two yet? I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I've been on the road to Vegas. I haven't had the okay. pleasure. How dare you driving <laughs> all those hours and didn't watch it on the road. <laughs> I want to live. Um, I want to live to talk to Conor McGregor. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, well, when you do get a chance to watch it, check out Raquel Pennington's top lip. Uh, it looks like there's a scar, not down the center, but on the right side, that's healed up. Looks like maybe she had it split open, sort of like Alistair Overeem or Robbie Lawler. Mm. 
That's what it looks like to me. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. So if that's the case, there's a vulnerability there. Um, and if Holly lands a clean enough punch, maybe she can cause some damage that could make things difficult. That's about it. Um, I think Holly will fight a little bit tentative, as she's, she, she can be known to do, staying a little bit too far outside. And um, if Raquel plays that same game, it could be a little bit of a boring fight. But I have a feeling she's going to push forward, and so we're going to see some good action, at least from Raquel's side. Holly Holmes is going to counter-striker, though, so you know Raquel has to be careful. But all in all, I'm giving this to Raquel. I don't think anyone's going to knock anybody out here. I'm going, I'm going decision Raquel Pennington. Yeah, I'm going with that one too. I think she's just going to get a couple more shots in, get the job done <clears throat> in a tough fight. Holly doesn't go away quietly, and that won't change uh, Saturday either. But I do have Raquel also, for sure. Moving on, obviously, the piece de resistance. The Notorious versus the Cowboy, just like the title of our episode. Um, let's talk about all the stuff going on one more time. Uh, the fight at 170. On paper, definitely favors Cowboy. Doesn't make a difference, though, when you're fighting Conor McGregor. Is he going to be able to withstand the shots when they land better at 170 than he would at 155? Uh... I don't know. That's a good question. I think so because, you know, Cerrone is ideally a 165er, so he's a little bit bigger than than Connor, but not that much bigger. It's not like Connor going in and fighting Jorge Mazadal, who says he won't fight him because, you know, the UFC doesn't want him to commit murder, right? So the size difference isn't so vast. Um, the head kick, I think, is the, 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 the biggest worry um, for McGregor from Cerrone. There's the ground game element, but I really actually believe that Connor's ground game is going to surprise us. It's going to be much, much, much improved, and uh, I think he'll be able to hang with Cerrone on the ground. However, as I say that, like Cerrone's like wickedly talented on the ground. He can flow really nicely. People don't usually think about it until they get caught up with him down there. But um, I don't think there's going to be going back to your initial question too much of a size discrepancy or a power disadvantage for either guy. Just speaking so strictly about, you know, size. I guess my question, so you think that at the end of the day, they are going to look to grapple, even though both, both men have promised to stand and just throw some shots? No, nah, I don't think so. I know, I know. Baby Joe just needs that rest. <laughs> I get tired too, man. That was a a little monitor telling me some information about my boy. But anyway, no, I don't think think they're going to do that. Um, They're going to keep it standing, man. They know what's up. I mean, you know, proper 12 versus Budweiser. Like, you know, maybe we get a little tussle against the cage. Maybe Cerrone takes him down just for fun. Um, I think Connor's going to be able to defend himself. But, but. Let's not kid ourselves. If Cerrone sees an easy out with Connor on the ground, he'll take it. That being said, now nah, these guys are going to scrap. They know what's up. Pay-per-view, main event, a belt's not on the line. They know how big this is. Yeah. They're going to they're going to they're going to punch each other in the face. When I look at the fight, I really just think that the only way it goes to the ground is if it's similar to the Nate Diaz one fight where Connor just gets tired and you know, he's hurt, and then, you know, it's like, okay, the the blood is in the water, time to choke him out. Something yeah. like that. That's the only way I see it going to the ground in any capacity. Um, 
I think that, uh, I, I forget the name of Connor's new daughter. Congratulations. But I think that, you know, probably good friend for Joe. That could be very <laughs> cute since, you know, now I've got baby on the brain. <laughs> if she's got some of that uh, inheritance coming her way, yes, let's set it up. <laughs> it's like, Joe, you go go take care of that girl. You, yep. go, you go get to know her and treat her right over there, son. Right. No, just, but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to start putting Guinness in his, uh, in his, in his bottle. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this is so blasphemous. No, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, Cowboy... Okay, like, for example, you talk about Jorge Masvidal. You ask Jorge Masvidal to make 155 this year, he'll tell you, you know, some language I'd rather not say on the air because I'm not tough like him. But, um, you know, Cowboy, when he moved up to 170, is more functional. I'm sure he lifted a little bit, did a bit of strength and conditioning, but the point was don't cut weight, just, you know, kind of fight natural weight. So in that sense, I don't see the 170 thing being as drastic of a factor as I think a lot of people may be uh, thinking on paper. That being said, it's going to help him a little bit. And I do think that when you're talking about a fight with two guys as talented as they are at striking, those one or two extra punches that Cowboy can survive at 170 compared to maybe 155, that could be the difference in a close fight with Connor, who you know, has been known to run out of power late in the fight. He's not known for knocking people out in the fifth round. He does his work in rounds one and two for the most part in terms of finishes. Um, so that to me is the real X factor is, you know, does the cowboy at 170, you know, does he take the punches a little better than when he cuts the weight at 155? Yes, he's bigger, he's faster. His shots do more damage at 155. That is a fact. But at 170... You know, does is he still doing the same work? Is he he's a little more how do I put it? Durable. Yeah, yeah, he's a little more durable. I think yeah. at 170. Uh, that's the big difference between Cowboy 170 and Cowboy 155. This is important because a little more durable doesn't help you when you're fighting the Masvidal's and the Matt Browns and the other guys who you saw were much bigger did damage. That will help them against Connor in this fight because he's already the slightly taller, little longer fighter. His body carries the weight a little more efficiently. So I will say that, that that's where the factor comes into play. Um, the next thing, yeah, right? go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say that's exactly right because what did Cerrone say when he left 170? Those boys are too big for me, right? Yeah. So even though it was a good weight class for him because you don't have to cut weight, he wants, he prefers 165 and has no choice but to go to 155 because there is no 65. So, yeah, you're right. Against true 170 pounders who are true, meaning they're cutting weight to hit 170, uh, he's he's a little on the small side. But against Conor McGregor, he has a size advantage. So, yeah, can he take a punch? Probably. Probably better than he could at 155. So, round one especially is going to be very interesting. Conor will be fresh and, and go on full, full bore. Let's see what uh, what Cerrone's chin has to say about it. Uh, let's ask the elephant in the room. Is Cowboy more vulnerable? Is he more susceptible to getting knocked down, knocked out, coming off those two stoppage losses to Tony and uh, Justin Gaethje? Nah, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Um, he wasn't like... I mean, he's he. Nah, I have no no reason, no like good. Uh, I don't have anything to back up my 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 answer, but I don't think he is. It's just a feeling. 
he's tough and uh you know he's on the biggest stage of his career so i think he's gonna have a little extra oomph in there uh and try and should it go this way try and and withstand uh mcgregor onslaught as, as long as possible yeah i think that um He's not less durable than he was, let's say, five years ago. Look, he, he gets into firefights, and he fights frequently, and he's been at this a long time. You are not taking shots as easily today as you were a couple years ago, plain and simple. Um, that being said, is he more or less because he's coming off two losses? I wouldn't say so. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, you know, if you're talking about a couple years ago, I have way more confidence in Cowboy's chin. I know he's been in some battles. And those losses to Tony and Gaethje notwithstanding, they're still there. You know, like, I think all that mileage does play a factor. That being said, a perfect left hand on from Connor hurts most people, durable or not. I do think that throughout his career, Cowboy's been known to get rocked a bit. When you look at the fights with... Masvidal, the fight with uh, Melvin Gillard stands out. The fat, the fight with Matt Brown stands out. You know, this is a guy, you know, Anthony Pettis. He has been stunned and, you know, stopped before in that way. I do think Connor has a lot of those weapons that many people point to to say that's exactly what Cowboy struggles with. That being said, I don't think that it's going to be because Cowboy's more or less durable. I think it's because at the end of the day, Connor lands that shot. I think that Cowboy, you know, he's not a Tito Ortiz. He hasn't walked through too many of those. He has rallied back, but these heavy hitters have caused problems for him throughout his career. Yeah, and this is a heck of a heavy hitter he's facing, right? Uh, I think so. And even at 170 and the height and the size, I think that Connor in those first two rounds is still just as dangerous as any other welterweight, plain and simple. Um, I agree. Let's get into X's and O's before the final prediction. So you have Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Connor McGregor, the notorious, for all the marbles. One has a great season in mind. One has a great after party in mind. <laughs> who, who takes it and why? So I'm going to go with Connor McGregor. Uh, I think he. Just from watching, first of all, I'm a huge fan, and so I believe I believe in Conor McGregor always, and so I'm, I would probably always, almost always pick him. I'll put that out there as, you know, just a, as a disclaimer. But watching him in his interviews um, recently, I feel that fire is back, and that he's. I believe him when he says he's refocused. He's completely all in on fighting. His camp is solidified again. He's in good sh- in good. Um, in a, in a good place with his coaches, with John Cavanaugh, with Owen Roddy. He brought in those boxing coaches from his early days. So I'm confident in his confidence. And if Conor McGregor now is even, you know, half of what he was when he fought Eddie Alvarez, we're going to have a heck of a fighter in the, in the cage on Saturday. So I'm super excited. I think he's going to take it to Cerrone immediately. I don't think he'll be patient with him. And uh, I think he's going to TKO him in round number two. That's my pick. Gotcha. Um, Man, you know, with this fight, I did a preview show with Jessica Vaughn. 
Um, if you guys uh, saw it, thank you. If not, check it out. On uh, I have the links on Double G on TV on Twitter. Um, she brought something up that at the end of the day, Cowboys got those kicks. He's got a much more varied arsenal. Uh, not that Connor doesn't know how to kick, but you ask me, straight kickboxing where no one knocks each other out. Who's gonna win a decision? Uh, Cowboy. Cowboy. <laughs> uh, man, but um, I think at the end of the day. I feel like Connor, the reason why he's still a very tough fighter, a very good fighter, his ability to manage distance, find the opening, especially with an opponent who's not going to grapple. That's the key thing. I just favor him being able to find that shot in the first two minutes. Um, not to say that Cowboy is not a dangerous fighter. This could turn into one of those fights where, you know, they talk about that old fight where Habib couldn't take down like Glayson Tebow and suddenly you had a rough one. It's the same thing. Even though Cowboy's not looking to take down Connor, he gets into a rough one and maybe it's a tougher fight. But I do believe at the end of the day, Connor's just going to find his mark. That's a wrap. I do think it'll be the left hand. I think that all the ingredients are there for a return to form for Conor McGregor. And yes, I, I'm with you. I do think that he is, you know, very, very different in terms of like, you know what, this time it is different. This time he's not worried about the hype. This time he is trying to get back to the guy and be a superstar again. And that starts with winning. I do believe you. I, I'm with you there. You know what? I'm going to be there. I want to feel the energy. I'm going Conor McGregor, first round knockout, nice and clean. Wow. All right. Just just promise us all here, listen, me and uh, and us, everyone listening, that you're going to keep your eyes on the cage this time oh, in case it happens really fast. <laughs> Natalie, I was about to say some language I would be ashamed of. <laughs> yes, I will have my eyes glued open. Put the toothpicks in the tape, hold them open. <laughs> yes, I will not blink until the referee has said, go back to your corner. There you go. Oh, yes. Yes, my eyes will be open. I will not have another Masvidal Askren thing happen. I will not check my phone. If the media room is burning, I will die, you know, a painful death. <laughs> For the you sake will, of the uh, action. You will to death with your eyes open. Like uh, that one girl at the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I'm with it. All right, I'm there. I'm there. But right. yeah, it's, so we both have Conor McGregor winning. Um, Final question for the heck of it. What's next if he gets the job done? Jorge, Habib, Tony, Kamaru. What do you in your heart think we're going to see? I think it's going to be Khabib. And I think, I think he's right. I think something's going to happen in this this month that's coming down the line that we don't want to talk about. And I think it's going to be him. I was going to say, did you almost jinx us again? <laughs> you I know. think I basically did without. The, the, the like, yeah, like, I feel like you took a roundabout way. It's like, hey, wait a second. Did I you just do it? Did going you just down do the it? Road and I was like, oh, damn. I'm jinxing <laughs> us. <laughs> like, I was about to. <laughs> like, it's abort mission. Abort mission. <laughs> Those are his words. I just agree with him. You did not just do that. <laughs> you are off this podcast. I didn't I, even say the month. I'm, 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 ta I'm not talking to you till May. <laughs> I'm going to find some other 
optimistic people to share the airwaves with. That was this is exactly what we're avoiding. <laughs> no, Sorry, but, uh, you can't do that. MMA God, she didn't mean it. She didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Don't, I'm just, go, uh, don't light your Saint Ortega candle <laughs> and the, you know, Cuban Jesus candle just for good measure. Yep. No, but, um, ah. Uh, don't say stuff like that. Now I'm legit stressed. I threw you off at you. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, I'm legit. Oh, no, she All didn't. All I have to say is he's definitely not going to fight Kamaru Usman. That's no. not going to happen. Give me a break. Jorge Masvidal. Everyone's not saying it's that, like, I know, I know what you're thinking, but it's like, you know what? The money fight is there. Jorge versus Connor. Kamaru in the interim fights Leon Edwards. Tony Habib. Maybe he fights. Uh, okay, here's a good one. Remember how Chael Sonnen was in a title eliminator despite coming off a loss to Fedor? It's going to yes. be like that. If he's going to fight Cowboy, he's going to fight Jorge. Jorge's going to win because he's too big and too good at that weight class. But because it's at 170, they're going to give him a pass. They're going to send him back to 155 if Habib handles business. That, 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 that could definitely happen too. Yeah. I yeah. just, I really don't want him to fight. Jorge or Kamaru because they're so big and so I guess that, that was my it'll take all the wind out of the sails right Yeah. <laughs> my thing about it is that I would prefer the scheduling workout that Habib let's say Habib wins you beat Tony you beat Justin that would be that would set up a super fight with Connor because I feel like that need, the, the dominoes have to finish falling already yeah I'll and, say and that. Moscow right that's what, that's what Connor wants that would be, that would be supreme that would be my thing about it. And then, um, you know, let 170 work itself out. I'd rather see Kamaru and Jorge just because I think it's a more competitive fight. But but we talk about it all the time. Secure the bag. If it's there on the table, I completely get it too. But, um, yeah, so we will see that. We'll be more optimistic. Not, <laughs> I can't take it back. I already put it out there. Don't scare me like that. Still got another three months till the fight. <laughs> you stress me out. All yeah. right, Natalie, where can fans find you on social media? Hit me up uh, on Twitter at Zamudio. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I'm time traveling to like, you know, a few months ago. I am on Twitter at Natalie Zamudio underscore. And guys, you can find me all the time at double G on TV. Spell out the word double. You guys will see me everywhere. I will be at tomorrow's press conference. I will be at media day. I will be at the weigh-ins. I will be at the fights. If you're a fan and want to say hi, I'd love to. Follow me for all the stuff. I bring you the interviews. I'll bring you the backstage info and gossip and everything going on. So stay tuned. Natalie, next week we have a doubleheader. Cyborg's Bellator debut in Los Angeles. And if I'm not mistaken, the North Carolina card, Curtis Blades, Junior Dos Santos in Ra yeah, Rally, North Carolina. All right. So, so guys, stay tuned for that. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a good one.